You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by HuntStand. HuntStand is the number one hunting app in the country, and at only $29.99, HuntStand offers a ton of functionality for hunters all over the country. Whether you own your own property or strictly hunt public, you can choose from over a dozen base maps, view property ownership information, 3D mapping, local weather, log your sightings and harvest, as well as use their trail cam management software, and print maps from your hunt areas. Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt Stand. Upgrade your arsenal. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. And it is October 1st. And here in Iowa, where I'm from, that means it's time to get the party started. But not we're not going to start partying too hard, okay? We don't want to blow our load too early, <laughs> as the title of this episode would suggest. Um, and one of the things that, re- that wanted me to talk about this in an unfiltered episode is, in my opinion... Instagram, social media, uh, all of the everything you're going to see, you're going to start seeing a ton of content come out about early season hunting. And that's great if you have the ability to hunt every single day of the week. But as far as the average Joe is concerned, I think we might want to just ease into the season just a little bit more than going out and hunting our best stands uh, right off the bat. And I'm going to get into all this in this episode. Um, So uh, one of the reasons I wanted to do an episode like this was um, I saw a meme that I laughed out loud at this morning and it it went like this. It goes, um, uh, stop. I think it said, stop uh, putting out early season content you haven't killed shit in October and uh, I got a good laugh out of that because uh, of just the way everything works right I mean um, not the majority of people aren't dropping deer the first week of of the season right for several reasons and I I feel like that's what I wanted to talk about today so that's what we're going to talk about on today's episode let's see here uh before we get started we're gonna do a quick uh real quick um 
a commercial slot with discount codes from some of the uh, partners of the nine finger chronicles so we have hunt stand that's a hunting app you know mapping landowners um like landowner uh information all that stuff really uh up to date uh satellite imagery that is updated monthly uh, and if you go there and uh, download the app you can get a 20 percent discount for and use the discount code sn20 that's hunt stand lone wolf portable tree stands if you enter the discount code 9fc21 you get 50 percent or excuse me 50 dollars off of all orders over 200 so that's 50 dollars off of all orders over 200 and then wasp uh archery uh huge fan of their their uh, blades over there nine fingers two zero two one and that's the number nine followed by the word fingers two zero two one and that's uh 20 percent off let's see the number nine followed by the word fingers uh two zero two one that's 20 percent off and then we have uh, ozonics and their discount code is nfc21 nfc21 and that is a free dry wash bag with a purchase of any one of their units right so uh, go check out ozonics and their scent elimination uh gear and then also we have vortex exodus and excalibur please go out and support those brands as well um, all great companies and i think you guys should uh, get out there and uh, do your research on all the brands that support this uh podcast because i'm telling you right now uh they're badass all right so let's get into today's episode. I got some notes here, right? In, in no particular order, like I always do. I just kind of shoot from the hip. But a lot of people start getting geeked out uh, about the hunting season, and they're, they they so badly want to get out and start hunting that they 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 kind of don't realize that they themselves are part of the pressure in whatever scenario they're hunting, right? Um, everybody talks about highly pressured land. Well, guess what? You are also part of that pressure equation, whether it's public, whether it's private, whether it's 10 acres or whether it's 10,000 acres, you are part of that, that pressure. So for, I guess for the, for everybody right now, you know, scrolling through Instagram, throwing, scrolling through Facebook or any type of social media or reading or listening to any type of uh, early season content that's coming out, they're going to give you tips, tricks, and tactics about what you should be doing this time of year when looking for deer. But one thing that they they very rarely talk about is what's going on this time of year when it comes to deer movement. Now, I'm going to say what I hunt is... I hunt some public and I'm going to say that's average pressure uh, in states like Pennsylvania or uh, Michigan, where you have higher pressure scenario, more of what I'm about to say comes into play. But what happens is we have all this, um, all this information coming out right now about what you should be doing, what, you know, what you should be looking for as far as a early season hunting strategy is concerned. But what we need to think about a little bit is what are the deer doing early season? right and that's not much they're still on a bed to food pattern so if you can get out there and if you can identify a deer that you want to shoot early season in daylight that's the big thing then i say go for it right and i'm going to talk about what you should do like what i think a guy should do uh towards the end of this episode about that 
but I wouldn't buy into all this quote unquote fake news is what I would, is what I would call it. Just, just ease into it because I think if a guy goes in uh, right now and starts really pressuring deer only on the weekends, because he knows like, Hey man, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, I'm not going to take my vacation until the, until the first, second, third or whenever week of November, I'm going to, I should probably just, uh, I'm only going to hunt the weekends and I'm going to go in and hunt extra hard. We have to remember that for, and this is based off of just my experience, like all of these unfiltered episodes are that it doesn't matter if it's October 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 7th, 10th, whatever, the deer are still going to be, they're, they're not like the rut right? The breeding season doesn't come into play. Yeah, they're probably going to be picking up scrapes a little bit, making a little bit more sign. But as research shows, that sign is mostly done at the, in nighttime. It's, it's all done nocturnally. So what we're, what we're seeing here is people just get really excited. They want to go hunt. Trust me, I want to hunt too. But don't, don't ruin yourself, especially on uh, smaller farms where, you know, man, I'm getting pictures of a, of a, of a good buck uh, in the middle of the night. Maybe I should go in and try to hunt them. What I've learned over the years is if there is a picture of a deer that you you want to hunt and it is October 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and he's on a good routine and it's 1.30 in the morning, 2.30 in the morning, I almost treat that as that picture as not like an image at all because what it's going to tr- it's what it it's trying to force me to do subconsciously is get into an area and go after that particular buck even though that buck is not in that area or if it's on a small piece I have to go into a certain point and then I bump him or he comes through before I hunt or after I hunt gets my scent and then splits and he he it throws him off his routine or what a guy could do is sit and wait and monitor those trail cameras or monitor the sign or go glass from a distance. And, and I talk I talk a little bit about this on a previous episode where I talk about a observation hunts, right? Observation hunts are great for the people who have the ability to go hunt observation you know, to, to spend time doing an observation sit, but, but for those who don't, which that whole episode was about, um, it, it might be a good opportunity to get in there. Now, the asterisks on that conversation is number one, is it the, is it the right time of year? Right? Cause again, everything revolves around the rut. Uh, the closer we get to the rut, the more deer movement, you know, kind of comes into play. So my experience is that you know, this early season time frame might be a good opportunity to fill the freezer with a doe or take a kid out hunting and, you know, set them up in a, in a faraway stand to, you know, get them to see something at least. Right. Um, but as far as hardcore hunting strategy and whether or not you should take time off of work, uh, to go and hunt, yeah, man, it just like, it just doesn't, it doesn't really click for me. And I love the I love the other information that people are giving right now, especially in the Midwest states where it's like, holy shit, it went from 75 to 70. That's a cold front coming through. We got to get out there. We got to get out there and go get them. Hold on to your seats, boys. It's going to get fucking crazy. Well, it doesn't really get that crazy out, right? I've hunted personally 
a lot. I mean, a lot of October, um, a lot of October uh, cold fronts, early October cold fronts, even even up until, um, let's just say the 20th of October, any cold front from October 1st to October 20th, the big dogs just do not they they are not affected by weather like they are during the uh, the late season or let's just even say the rut you know um i don't know i don't know what else to say outside of that but do not put all your eggs in the cold front basket because i think weather especially during the early season has less of an impact than just about everything else that's going around on whatever property you're hunting, right? Now, if you have a food plot, if you have very low pressured property, by all means, get out in the in the tree in your in your uh, ground blind or in your uh, elevated stand or whatever, and get out there and try to get the job done. But if your property is affected by uh, a variety of pressures, if you hunt public, if you are um, if you're not going to hunt when a cold front comes through right? Let's just say a cold front comes through and it's on Wednesday. And then you feel like you're going to try to hunt the quote unquote tail end of a, of a cold front. Well, it's probably too late, right? So again, I've spent hundreds and hundreds of hours in a tree stand during those October cold fronts. And it may have the dough up on, I don't know, maybe the dough get up on their feet a little bit uh, earlier. My experience shows that they don't. And especially the mature bucks. I mean, if a if a big buck is going to be sitting on his fat ass until dark, then moving, he's going to be doing the same thing on an early season cold front, um, where it gets it gets crazy. One exception one exception might be a crazy crazy cold front where it, and, and we have to remember there's exceptions to every rule and everything I say on this. Uh, podcast, I can provide a different example of uh, of the opposite of whatever I say, but I'm I'm just going with the law of averages here, right? So um, so the the only exception would be where maybe it's 70 degrees someday, and then all of a sudden it's like a this huge 30 30 degrees, 25 degree shift and this giant cold front is coming out of the Arctic and it's going to potentially even snow, right? When things are that extreme and there's that much of a, of a, a change in, I don't know, barometric pressure, if you're a believer in barometric pressure uh, or temperature, then I would say get out and hunt that because that's going to have the, the, the wildlife all jacked up right and then because probably in four more days that that cold front will pass and then it will be all jacked up again for a little while so in cases of extreme like really extreme uh cases i would say get out in the woods but if it's a minor cold front or uh a rain like a a rainstorm that's going to come through and the temperature is only going to be uh adjusted by you know move maybe 10 degrees eh like it, that, that kind of stuff just doesn't get me excited anymore. So I tend to hold off and just a wait for days that I can go wait for the right wind direction that I can sneak into a place. And, uh, just kind of, I'm always, I'm always kind of hunting the outskirts of, uh, an area. And then I'm kind of working my way in. I never just blow right into a place and, uh, and then like, unless I have Intel, 
right? Unless I have a, a, a cell cam, send me a pic. Or unless I have a, um, a, let's say, well, it's too hot today. I'm not going to hunt. I'm just going to go check trail cameras, drive my truck up. Ooh, there's a shooter. He came out last night at this time. Maybe I'm going to, maybe, maybe I should bump in right now and, and, and go see what I can see. Uh, and those, those types of scenarios. So, um, don't put too much, don't put too much stock, uh, into, uh, into the cold fronts, man, especially right off the bat. Like, I just don't feel like they affect deer movement enough. You're going to start seeing more pictures come out of all these people that you, um, that you follow on Instagram or social media of all the stuff that they're doing right now. That's a trap, man. If you, if you're basing your hunting strategy based off of what some, uh, YouTube creator is doing or what some industry professional is doing, you're going to lose because they're not hunting the same way as you. They're not hunting the same properties as you, right? They don't have full-time jobs like you do, right? So take, you know, just take everything that they're saying with a grain of salt, because it's not the same as you. They hunt thousands of acres of, of, uh, highly, managed land that's very low pressured and so they have the ability to monitor every deer in every scenario so that they they know when to go out get their cameraman in uh have the best footage shoot it take their pictures post it on instagram get you fired up get you excited to go deer hunt but you need to you need to stifle that excitement it sucks because i've been there before man like i i i used to like october 1st and i had a boner for the next two months right? <laughs> That's how fired up I'd get. As I got older, as I got more kids, as I needed more sleep, um, that boner went down a little bit because I, uh, I knew that the, that wasn't the best time to be in, in the tree. And for most of us, what is important is being in the tree at the right time of year. And if you're going to scour the countryside and put a lot of time into, into hunting, in my opinion, it needs to be closer to the breeding season, uh, that late October, um, late October, uh, obviously the rut post rut type, uh, scenario, or even, you know, even late season, if you can find a, a really good food source. So, um, and one thing that I really, I want to talk about here in another, in another little bullet point that I have written down is vacation time well spent. Now, and I, I mentioned it a little bit, but a lot of us have to take, like I don't anymore, you know, right? Lucky, knock on wood, I'm out of the cubicle life. This is what I do for a living now. But a lot of people out there are still punching the time clock, right? And they have X amount of vacation time available. And they, um, and a majority of people are taking it in, like back when I had, man, I had like 25, yeah, it was 25 five days of vacation. I think it was and two of those two, maybe three of those. <laughs> yeah. I say it's three, three of those weeks were also, it was for one Western hunting trip and two weeks for the rut. Basically it was the first 15 days, uh, the first, the first half of November that I would always take off. And so what, what happened was, um, I would just take off the, as far as November, or as far as the whitetails are concerned, all my time that I could dedicate to hunting for vacation time went to the best possible times to be in the woods. Now, I'm not saying a guy shouldn't take off uh, um, a Tuesday if he has the ability to take it off and hunt. Um, 
I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't say a guy should take off a Friday or a Monday or whatever. If you feel you have a really good chance of getting in the timber and killing a deer, knowing what your goals are, right? Whether it's to fill the freezer, whether it's for a buck or whether it's for, you know, uh, a buck you've been chasing for four years, you know, you know when the best odds are right. When the best time of year is to go out and, uh, and shoot a deer and that's November, right? Especially for the Midwest now from the South and all those other places, it gets a little, it gets a little different, right? But for a majority of North America, November, like late, late October, all the way up until like the 20th, 25th of November, you're looking at the best possible time to uh, get in the woods. And that's like a 30 day period right there to get in, in, in the woods. And the closer you get to that peak breeding cycle, which the National Deer Association and, and all this research says is somewhere around the 14th of November, I believe it is there's that bell curve, right? So along with the peak breeding of the rut also comes peak breed or peak deer movement activity. So if your vacation time over overlays that specific time frame, well, then I think you're going to have a better chance of running into a deer, whatever caliber you're trying to shoot, as opposed to October 1st through October 5th or whatever, you know, the first week of October, again, unless you have, uh, unless you have that, uh, you know, that deer pegged. And if you got a deer pegged, man, you move in instantly, right? Move in instantly. But, you know, again, guys, they're not taking their vacation October 1st or, you know, the last week in November if uh, on average, right? Got to get in there when you have the best chance of killing a deer and that's when there's the most movement and the most movement happens during around the breeding, the breeding season. All right. Uh, and I, so I, that, that kind of led into the next bullet point I had here was going for the kill. If you have the Intel, right. And it's not, if you have the Intel for me, what I used to do was, oh man, I saw a deer over there or I got a trail camera pick. Uh, I'm going to go do an observation shit, sit just to make sure then I'm going to move in for the kill. So basically what I just did was I wasted a hunt instead of going in there instantly and, and making, a uh, and making a, a play at that deer immediately. I, I, I played off. It's the dumb, dumbest chess move ever. If you have an opening, you go in for it. You don't just sit back and wait for it again to happen because as we know, deer don't always do the same thing every single day. Some days they do, and then some days they don't. So I learned very quickly to, uh, if I saw an opportunity at a deer, uh, any given any season, any time of year, Go in for that kill immediately. Don't waste your time on an observation sit. Get in there, make your move. It's got to be an aggressive one, and uh, just uh, make sure all your your apples are in, in in the right row or ducks are all, all in a row. I guess you could say. All right. So, and I just kind of want to follow this up with um, this time of year or what you should be doing this time of year. Now, if you're single. And you have access to a lot of ground and you know that your pressure is low and your pressure is low. Uh, dude, go out and hunt every single day. I don't give a shit. Like that's what I would be doing if I was didn't have a wife, if I didn't have kids. I'd be hunting every single day. Whether it was in Iowa, whether it was out west, whether I'd be hunting every single day. That's because that's what I love to do. If I didn't have a job, 
right? I'd, I'd be hunting every, even if I had a job, I'd, I'd be hunting every single day. But to the guys who are married, to the guys who have kids, brownie points, man. Brownie points, brownie points, brownie points. And there's sometimes where all the brownie points in the world are just not enough. It's not like it's not it's not gonna work. All right. But this time of year, I'm talking punk pumpkin patches. I'm talking trick-or-treating. I haven't hunted a uh I haven't hunted a Halloween in eight years now. I want to. Trust me, I can't wait for my kids to be done with trick-or-treating because that means I'm going to be out there in that, uh, uh, in, in probably some of the best, like you want to talk about when the first time a big buck steps out of, uh, one of, one of his bedding areas, the first time he steps out in daylight hours in shooting hours, it's right around that time frame, And I really want to be there. I can't wait to be there some, some, uh, some year, but anyway, uh, do the things with the family, get all that taken care of, right? This should be the time where you're you're educating your wife or your spouse or your children. Hey, listen, I'm gonna be busy for the next two weeks. I'm 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 doing all this stuff now so that I can get this time for myself for the next two weeks. And then after that, we can pick up, you know, we can pick up again, we can start doing stuff again. But you have to let your expectations be known to the rest of the family and say, listen, man, uh, I got to go. The The rut is the same time every year. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to hunt my ass off so I can be back earlier rather than later. And I'm going to go get the job done. Uh, so they know what you're doing. You've, you've done what you've, what you've could. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about even things like maybe making a dinner, uh, freezing it. And then all, all your wife has to do is put it in the oven and turn it on or maybe make a, a crock pot meal for them. Um, for me, I leave the house for multiple days in a row, uh, because I hunt on a different farm. That's uh, a distance from the house. So I'm not back every night. So if you're, if you're leaving the house, that might be an opportunity, but during the actual, you know, if you're, uh, if you're home, uh, just really try to fit helping out around the house, almost double what you normally do just so you don't have to put up with all that extra bullshit that comes with leaving the house. And I think all you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Um, whether they are complainers or whether they, they complain about you being gone or whether they are like, give you the silent treatment, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. And my advice is to just ignore it and just say, Hey, it's going to be over and it's going to be over in a week or two and everything's going to go back to normal unless you're the guy who hunts every single season, then shit, good luck, brother. <laughs> if you're a fisherman and you hunt pheasants and you trap and you do all that stuff, I, you know what? I, uh, I don't do those things because I know I probably couldn't put enough time in to those things as I really wanted to, cause I want to be good at everything, so to speak. So, um, just the brownie points, right? Think about that as you get fired up for this upcoming season. So kind of in, uh, in recap real quick, we talk about don't be influenced by social media or other whitetail content providers, you know, out there. You know the deer movement on your property. Um, you know when they move, right? Don't be afraid to make a strategic strike if the uh, if a strategic strike is warranted. But don't go, don't throw caution to wit, uh, caution to the wind this time of year. Don't put too much uh, 
uh, stock in the early season cold fronts, right? It's not the breeding season, so they're not going to be running around crazy, right? I still think a lot of deer are going to be moving nocturnal. Um, it's not the rut, right? Uh, monitor your vacation time wisely. And uh, the more time you can spend during the best time of year to hunt, which is the rut, then that's to me that's where your your vacation time needs to go um go into the go in for the kill hard if you have the intel this time of year uh don't pussyfoot around it you, you're either all in or you're all out in my in my uh experience on a early season hunt like that and then brownie points man so again I can contradict everything that I've just told you with experiences, but those experiences are variables outside of the average, if that makes sense. So keep that into consideration and, uh, man, good luck this, this season. Whenever you do decide to get out in the woods, wear your safety harness, um, be positive, make sure you're tagging the nine finger chronicles in any of your, uh, in any of your uh, harvests. Uh, you know, any of your kills, whether you're killing a doe, I don't care. I just love seeing people get out and enjoy uh, this time of year, uh, all times of year, really get outside, uh, take it, take a new person out, take your kids out, uh, get them involved, whether that's, you know, just blood trailing a deer or, um, whether it's blood trailing, whether it's uh, maybe helping cut the meat, cape out the deer, whatever, get them involved. Okay. Um, because that is just a foundation for the next generation uh, of hunters. Um, and then wear your safety harness, man. So uh, I think that's it for today. Huge shout out to all the partners of the Nine Finger Chronicles. Again, Hunt Stand, Lone Wolf, Wasp, Ozonix, Vortex, Exodus, and Excalibur. Uh, please go out and support those companies. Uh, what else? I think we're done. So uh, remember, good vibes in, good vibes out, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.